What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Fantasy Frenzy podcast. Uh, my name is Ben Pedalero. This is episode three. Uh, I'm joined here, as always, by my very special co-hosts, Robert Armstrong and Tyler Master Marino. Boys, we're back. How are we doing? Pretty good. Getting ready for NFL Sunday. Doing wonderful. Weather's a little dark out right now, so we're looking at back-to-back lazy days this weekend. It's going to be fantastic. That's right. That's what it's all about. You know, one o'clock tomorrow afternoon, I'll be on the couch, not moving till the Sunday night game's over. Um, may or may not be the best part of my week, but don't tell my uh, fiance that. Anyway, so this episode we're excited about. We're going to be talking week three. Um, we're going to do some previews of games, um, some starts. It's really excited about. Um, I guess first things first, Thursday night game, we'll recap that quick. Dolphins at Jaguars. Um, you know, the mustache and the beard going at it in this game. I think there was a lot of hype around that. They were kind of chirping each other on social media. Um, Rob, if you want to kind of take us through that game. Yeah, I mean, what the biggest thing we took away is that both teams stink. Um, realistically, I mean, like the Jaguars, the Jaguars defense isn't very good. And then their offense that was doing well through two weeks um, was missing Chark, which is the number one receiver. So as much as fantasy-wise, you think that's going to lift up some of the other guys on the team, which it definitely did for sure. Um, definitely is not going to lead to like a good game for them. But Fitzpatrick did have his Fitzpatrick Thursday night magic um, that he seems to put together once or twice a year, uh, and and he just did he did he did well. Um, Gaskins was a was a pickup this week uh, for a lot of people. I know I picked him up in our league. Uh, he did well. He had 22 carries, which I mean, in fantasy, if they have a bad week, as long as they had 22 carries, you know that they're they're at least the lead back now. Um, so that's good. And then. The big surprise for the Jags, I say surprise, a lot of people actually start up with James Robinson. Um, he had a huge yeah. game, so. I was going to say, yeah. 46 yeah. yards rushing, two TDs, and then a bunch of receiving yards as well. Yeah, so it was obviously a big game for him. Um, he was definitely a streamer this week, but it's starting to look like he might be an every week start. Um, he only had 11 touches, but, I mean, the next um, the next rusher after that didn't even come close to that just because game script. Um the uh, excuse me. The Dolphins went up fourteen zero in the first quarter, so the mustache is playing catch up from there. I mean, he only had yeah. I mean, an interception, no touchdowns on the day, so you know, kind of a decline from what we've seen in the past couple weeks. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, on the other hand, for the Dolphins, you know, he only had one hundred and sixty yards, two touchdowns. Um, <clears throat> so it's kind of a you know, kind of a low, you know, low yardage game through the air. Um, Tyler, I don't know if you have anything to add on this game. Yes, I do. I am one of those fools that started Gardner Minshew in a 12-man and 10-man league. And the game script was positive the whole time for him, and he still couldn't get it going against the Miami Dolphins, which I am absolutely shocked about. He finished roughly around 10 points, and he's somebody that people invested in. They used the waiver pickup if he was still available. And he just couldn't get anything going. It was all Miami this game, which was an absolute shock. Um, I'm very happy that Robinson still managed to have a good game on 11 carries because he scored twice. That's yeah. the running back for the Jaguars. It's, just for 83 yards as well. Yeah, negative game script. He got very involved in the passing game. So he's almost an every week starter now. But not the game you want to see for the Jags. Very promising for Robinson because. They just got destroyed, and he still had a fantastic day. And Miami, like you said earlier, Gaskin, I'm excited about him. I get he's the running back for the Miami Dolphins, but you got yourself a starting running back right now if you have him. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the, the matchup was looking so good for Minshew and the receivers. Um, you know, they were pumping him up all week. I was a Chark owner until I traded him. Um, he obviously didn't end up playing. So you had to assume it was going to be a big game for Keelan Cole. And he just, their receivers were pretty much non-existent in this game. Obviously, we said Robinson had the only, you know, scoring production. So kind of Robinson was the only receiver too. He had 83 yards. <laughs> yeah. Catches. Yeah. Catches true. Most yards. That's insane. Yeah, definitely. We say, but before we overreact to Minshew being bad as well, like obviously I can defend him a little bit. Um, the, the Dolphins defense isn't good, but it's not terrible against um, the passing game. I know they obviously got blown up by Josh Allen and the Bills, but that, that offense just looks really good right now. It's kind of firing all cylinders. But Cam Newton, week one, only put up 155 yards throwing against this Dolphins defense, and the Patriots only scored 21 points, all runs, two from Newton, and then one from Sonny Michel. So it's not like... And obviously, Chark being out too hurts it. So I don't think it's yeah. I don't think it's game over if you're streaming Minshew. Um, obviously, now you have to be more careful matchups and stuff. But um, I think if you're streaming him, there's still a streamer availability for him. Uh, just be careful of those matchups. Be, and, and and let's see what the Chark injury is. If it's more than one week, then it could be really bad. But that's the only thing I'd add to that. Just the fact that they held the Patriots to some low yardages as well. Yeah, definitely. Um... Yeah, obviously, moving into this week's games, um, I guess we'll start Washington at the Browns. Um, thriller. <laughs> thriller. I am so excited for this. Yeah, it's going to be a real showdown. Um, so, Tyler, I guess we'll start with you. Who's somebody that you're starting for Washington, and who are you sitting? Somebody that I'm starting for Washington. I mean, you got to start Scary Terry. A lot of people are using him as a flex right now. I mean, I still don't feel great about starting him, but after the week he had last week where he absolutely dominated, he's going he's gonna to draw top coverage from the Browns, and he's still the only guy on their team. So let's see how good the Browns' defense is at pass coverage. And he's going in my lineup if I got him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then, Rob, what are, you, what are you doing with Antonio Gibson? Oh, I don't know. It's so hard with Washington because if it and, and it's worse because all things concerned too, like the, the Browns and you don't know what Browns team you're gonna get. If you're gonna get a Browns team that's gonna go and attack early and Washington's gonna fall behind, then we talk a game game script out the window and, and now we're looking at is he gonna be in the passing game enough? Um, and that and that's really where his value is gonna be because they're gonna be behind. But not, I mean, he has what three receptions, five yards on the season. Not exactly what you're looking for. Um, and so I, it's a scary start, obviously, um, depending on what you have in your roster, 12 team is a little different, but he is, he is clear. I think the number one there, even with Peyton Barber, um, I think he would what one rush for one yard last weekend. So, um, yeah. he is the clear number one, he will get touches. Um, but just be careful because if you do get a good Browns team, um, that gets a touchdown, maybe too early, similar to what we saw in the Thursday night game, Antonio Gibson loses all value there. Um, and then. Honestly, that makes Terry's value from Tyler's pick a little bit better. Yeah, and then kind of shifting over to the Browns. Um, you know, I have Odell and Landry both the starts this week. You know, I think, you know, the Washington defense is what it is. Um, and I have I have Kareem Hunt and um, Nick Chubb as starts as well because I think last week was the first time the Browns held a team to under 100 rushing yards. Um, 
definitely this year. I think that even goes into last year. Um, <clears throat> you know, obviously Chubb's playing very well right now. Um, Hunt is a big asset for PPR league. Um, you know, so for me, um, I'm sending all four of them out on the field this week and see what they can do for me. I don't know what you, you guys know, think about that. I'll back you up there a little bit too. I think this is a this is a week. I think I think the Browns are better than the Washington football team. That's going to be positive game script for everybody, but I mean, Washington's real strength is their D-line with their new guy, Chase Young, the rookie. Yeah. And I don't think we've seen a good test out of him because his stats are boosted because he played the Eagles the first game, and they have literally no O-line, and there's a lot more weapons on this Browns offense. I can't believe I'm saying that, but there is more than the Eagles offense. They got mm-hmm. The two receivers, Landry and Beckham, you're going to start them. You might not start Landry if you got a lot of other options at wide receiver, but you're definitely firing up Beckham after the game he had last week. And same thing goes for Hunt and Chubb. You want to be too soon on these guys rather than too late, I believe, because I think as the year comes down to an end, one's going to start to take the majority of the carries. It's Washington defense as well. Um, Kenyon Drake had 86 yards last week against it, um, rushing, but he had 20 attempts, so only 4.3 yards per attempt and no touchdowns. Obviously, Kyler Murray ruined them on the ground. Um, yeah. That's Kyler Murray. You're not going to see Baker Mayfield doing that exactly. That's not what he's known for. Um, so, And then week one, as we're talking about the Eagles game, I mean, again, how do you call, how do you call it because Miles Sanders is out, but they had 57 r- yards rushing as a team with Boston Scott leading the way with 35. On nine attempts. So, obviously, again, the Eagles were down in that game, so they weren't really running it, and they were also missing their number one running back. So, I don't know what you're going to get with this Washington. I think it's still enough value with Chubb and Hunt to start both. Um, obviously, Chubb and then Hunt has shown himself as, like, obviously the pass catcher at the backfield, which in a PPR league, that's a start. I'd say maybe non-PPR, you do maybe hold off a Hunt, but honestly, I think you can just start everyone in this game right now because I don't think either defense is that solid. Yeah. And then right, Gibson no, we'll... last week was a touchdown away from being irrelevant as well. Sorry, I just was going. I keep going back and forth on this Gibson thing because he's he's, he's not a, bad and he's, he's clearly the number right one now. guy. But if he doesn't get a touchdown last week, he has 13 rushes for 55 yards and one catch for negative three yards. So that's not exactly great va- great value. And it was. I mean, they were losing though all game because it was the Cardinals. But I don't know. I keep going back and forth because I think Gibson is a good player and they're just a bad team that's going to fall behind early in most of their games. Yeah. All right, so we'll kind of transition into the uh, the Raiders coming into New England, our turf. Um, obviously, Raiders 2-0 start, you know, big win last week. Um, I guess I'll kick this one off. Obviously, you know, Josh Jacobs is a start. And, you know, the point of this video, I'll say, we're not, gonna, we're not trying to give you advice. You know, we don't, you don't need us to tell you to start Alvin Kamara or, you know, Josh Jacobs or Tyreek. Like, those guys are automatic starts here. What we're trying to target is, like, you know, outside the top 15 to 20, you know, those guys who, you know, are questionable or matchup dependent, um, you know, we're not really going after the weekly must starts because obviously those are given. Um, but anyway, back to the back to the Raiders, the Patriots, you know, obviously you're rolling out Josh Jacobs. I kind of want to dig in a little on Henry Ruggs. Um, obviously, you know, he's coming to town. We got Stefan Gilmore. Um, Rob, I, think how do you think? I think I think Ruggs is officially out. Yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah, as of um, yesterday, he is officially out. I because it was oh, back and forth. Yeah. I think no, yeah, it was back and forth. But I'm looking now, and he's officially out. So that'll change that, which means what? 
I mean, I guess if you want to talk pass catchers, though, instead of Ruggs, just because he is out. Um, I don't know where you're headed with that, but Tyler might be able oh, to talk on this a little bit more, but Darren Waller. Um, Patriots are known for their athletic uh, linebackers, which obviously does lead to being a little better against a tight end uh, position. But Darren Waller obviously had a monster game uh, last week. So, Tyler, yeah. if you want to, are, are you starting him this week? or? Yeah, I'll, I'll start. <laughs> I got a little concern about Darren Waller this week. The Pats have already come out and say they have a game plan for him, and the Pats are one of the best passing defenses in the league, carrying yeah. over from last year. Week one, they held Gasikita. Three catches for 30 yards, and Gasicki's been really good this year. He didn't have the greatest game on Thursday night, but he still managed a touchdown. And for Darren Waller's concern, the Pats, he's he's got to be the number one guy that they cover. And I'm maybe I'm biased, but I'm a firm believer in the Pats have probably the best secondary in the league. They got good safeties. They got good linebackers. They can throw any guy they want on Darren Waller, and they're going to be able to slow him down. I'm still going to start him. Because you have to after what he did last week, but if you got another high end option, then I think you're gonna go with a different guy. You might even go John Smith over Darren Waller, but not a lot of people have that luxury of having those two guys on the team. The issue was the Tyler Higby thing, because obviously you had Higby and uh, Waller last week, um, yep. and obviously both popped off. So I was wondering if you were a little concerned with the Patriots defense. Um, yeah, I am. Enough, I enough gonna, to maybe put Higby in and trust him. I I think I'm gonna just because. I don't want to be biased, but the pass defense looks awesome. Not against the run. The pass pass defense looks awesome. So I think I'm going to start Higby over Waller this week. Yeah, it's a safe bet, probably. Um, Hold on. I, I guess after... not post this podcast till after, so I don't look like a fool. <laughs> no, it's all right. You got to tell about taking risks. Gambles. You love gambling. Um, so I guess going over to the Patriots, um, Julian Edelman, obvious start. Um, Rob, what are you thinking for running back? Is it kind of James White, or what do you feel? James White is out again as well yesterday. That's official. Um, I guess I need to brush up on my news. I'm surprised <laughs> with that one, too, because obviously last week was the horrible tragedy we talked yeah, about. Yeah, um, of course. So I wasn't sure um, if he'd be back, because, again, usually like these these athletes are like almost almost like playing, um, get it out of their mind. Um, but it does appear he's out. It, it, a lot of it, obviously, the full injury reports came out, I think, last night. So that's why we're a little behind on him, because it's first thing Saturday morning. But I'm looking at it right here. James White is officially out. David Andrews is actually out as well. So um, in terms yeah, of running backs, the Patriots, that, that even makes it work. Yeah, you have no James White, which adds no kind of flex. I mean, Rex Burkett hasn't been bad out of the backfield pa- catching. Um, but Sony Michelle is definite stay away from, I think, with, with Andrews out. And then... Obviously, not having the threat of the passing passing game out the backfield too, I think, just puts a lot of pressure on James White, uh, James White, um, Sony Michelle, and not really looking forward to playing him if I had him. I don't even know if he's in a lot, picked up in a lot of leagues. He's like and, clearly and, the number one Patriots running back, but isn't yeah, that? Yeah, good? I was in a couple of my leagues. A bunch of people have Damian Harris on their IR, and could be passed by us because we're obviously in New England. But he's a guy to stash as well. Um, if you have an IR spot. Even because he could become the number one running back. Yeah. But yeah, no, and obviously the other running back situation, Josh Jacobs is going to be good. Patriots running defense isn't amazing. And then we talked about how they're game planning to stop Darren Waller. So probably going to come out a lot of pass, pass friendly um, defenses. So, or I should say, like they're trying to defend the pass more. So running Josh Jacobs could be really good, which is scary for just being a pass fan. <laughs> and this game, I have no clue how this game is going to go. Yeah, I was going to say. 
Pats will be up most of the game. They still got Cam Newton as their guy. I was going to say, I wanna, I'm want i interested to see how the um, Bruins going to handle Cam Newton rushing. Obviously, that's a very real threat. Uh, excuse me, never mind throwing through the air. Um, how do you guys feel about Nikhil Harry in this game? I think I'm leaning towards sitting Nikhil Harry. I don't think they're going to have to pass the ball as much as they did against the Seahawks. You know, compared to what they what he did week one, which he was not really a factor in that game. Julian Edelman's still the number one target because Cam Newton's just going to keep feeding him the ball just like Brady did. And the game script last week helped in Keel Harry a lot. The Seahawks' pass defense really hasn't shown anything to make us think that they're good. And I don't know. I'm shying away from in Keel Harry this week. The only thing I'll say to, to counter this so we get <coughs> both sides of the argument here, uh, I'm just looking at the, the Raiders' defense. Uh, and how they performed the first two weeks of the season. Teddy Bridgewater put 269 yards and a touchdown on him, and Robbie Anderson actually caught 114 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, that's just a lot of yards. Obviously, the game was a lot closer, so I, I think it's Tyler's situation. We're assuming the Patriots get up early and stay up the entire game. I'm doing yeah. enough to stay up the entire game, so obviously it's going to be a little bit run-heavy. But then the same situation with the Saints last week. Drew Brees, who's not, I mean, I'll say it, as a Drew Brees fan, has not looked great this year, um, doesn't have the check-down option of Michael Thomas, still put up 312 yards. Uh, against them and obviously Alvin Kamara is the most of those so it's a little bit short flicks when you have someone like Alvin Kamara but still um there were receivers that did well um Traquan Smith had five receptions 86 yards so there are there is there is receiving options I don't think this Raiders defense is stellar um to say the least so I mean in, in a deeper league uh Nikhil Harry flex might not be the end of the world or or could be a decent start but I could see what if the game does pan out to how Tyler Stein would be risky for someone like Nikhil Harry Definitely, I agree with you. Um, so we'll kind of roll into the 49ers and the Giants. Obviously, the two teams that probably took the brunt of the injuries last week. Um, obviously, Ian Beauchene had that great write-up for us on our uh, blog, if you want to check out that, about all the injuries. Um, <clears throat> I'll kind of kick this one off. Obviously, you know, 49ers, Raheem Mostert out, Tevin Coleman out. Um, you know, Jarek McKinnon, I think, is the guy to start for me to start in that background, or excuse me, that backfield. Um, I know we briefly touched upon him last week. You know, he, you know, never really did anything special when he was with Minnesota. Um, but now obviously this is kind of his backfield moving forward. I think there are other options like Jeff Wilson or something. Um, so obviously, you know, for me, Jared McKinnon's a start this week. The Giants obviously very banged up. Um, not great against the run, um, on their defense. So... I'm starting Mostert, and I'm probably, or excuse me, I'm starting McKinnon. Um, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, yeah I think I you have to. I agree with you. Rob, you can take this one. Okay, yeah. So I, I was pretty high on Jared McKinnon. Obviously, I talked about him last week in our, our waiver pickups. Um, when we say he was slow in Minnesota, too, I think most of our conversation was about how he was the one that was always injured um, in, that, in that Minnesota situation. He was always a decent player. He's fast, good out the backfield. Uh, not a great like power runner, but is obviously has that PPR value because he's, he's not a bad catcher out of the backfield, um, which is obviously something that Nick Mullins is going to need. <laughs> Nick Mullins starting. So uh, as we talked about last week, a big thing with the bat, these bad QBs are these little f- dumps and dives to the, the running back, which, I mean, we're just racking up fantasy points. Obviously, I'm an Alvin Kamara owner. I'll take nine receptions for three yards. I mean, that's nine points right there uh, if you're in a full PPR league. So I think that's good. Obviously, Kittle's going to be out as well. Um, so yeah, I think it, yeah. I think it's going to be a pretty run-heavy dump-and-dive sort of game here. 
I think Debo's still out, obviously injured. I don't. There's not a lot of options as Ford under offense. So Jarek McKinnon, I, I, it just by virtue of there's nothing else to do, they're gonna have to give him the ball. Yeah, yeah this obviously. Is a game that I projected to be a. Yeah, I have this game to be projected to be a super low scoring game, just with all the injuries on San Francisco and the Giants. Really, they have Sterling Shepard and Saquon Barkley out, so not a lot of guys you see week to week. McKinnon's the only guy that I'm starting from this game, I think, just because you spent a high waiver priority on him. And he's got the potential to be the starting running back. The Giants, Daniel Jones hasn't gotten it moving yet. And they're they're struggling offensively, and they just lost a couple more key pieces. So there's no need for San Francisco to run up the score on them. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, like you said, Saquon's out. So they have um, Deion Lewis. They just brought in Devonta Freeman. Um, and obviously they brought up Wayne Gallman. Um, this is kind of, I was been back and forth on this kind of all week. I mean, I don't see Devonta Freeman hopping right in just because he doesn't know the offense. He hasn't played in a while. Um, you know, obviously last year when Wayne Gallman filled in, he was, he did fantastic when he filled in for Saquon. Um, but that doesn't mean that's going to carry through to this year, right? The only, I guess, glimmer of hope for these, these running backs is that Nick Bosa is out. Um, obviously tore his ACL last week, which is a huge loss for the 49ers defense. Um, still, I mean, they have a really strong defense, so I don't think I'm starting any of these guys this week. Um, I think if you have to in deeper leagues, I would go with Gallman just because he's been on the team the longest. Um, you know, he proved some value last year when he filled in for St. Coleman. Um, but yeah, I don't really get excited about either of these guys. I don't know if you guys have any more thoughts on that. One. The, the offensive yeah. line is yeah. so bad uh, for the Giants. I mean, if Saquon's putting up 15 rushes for four and a half yards or whatever it was, five yards, I mean, <clears throat> Wayne Gallman isn't going to be putting up huge numbers. I mean, obviously, the Nick Bosa thing you talked about. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't see a running back by committee in a bad running back core as a potential starter option. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, no one really sticks up there. The only the only name I think from the Giants I'd even consider, um, and that's because Sherman's, I think, still out, um, is Darius Slayton. Um, obviously is Dan- Daniel Jones' favorite uh, receiver currently. Had kind of a stinky last week, um, but again, kind of everything happened with the Giants last week, I think, with an injured 49ers team. And, and I think even though the 49ers are as banged up as they are, they're still better than the Giants. Um, so they're going to be ahead for most of the game, I imagine. So Danny Jones is just going to have free reign to just throw the ball. He's got 520 yards this season. Um, not yeah, bad, and Darius Slayton's obviously got 135 yards, two touchdowns this season so far. So I think that's the only one in a in a deep league flex position spot I'd be starting from this Giants team. For me, I'm not starting anybody on the Giants. No, all. yeah, Evan, <laughs> Evan Ingram hasn't looked good. Darius Slayton concerns me a lot. He he just really had that one big week against Pittsburgh with those two touchdowns last week against Chicago. He had three catches for 33 yards. Like I said earlier. Daniel Jones hasn't gotten anything going. San Francisco defense. I don't think they're quite as good as Pittsburgh defense, who they already played week one, but San Francisco is going to come more prepared. They're going to be running the ball more, and it's just going to be such a low-scoring game. I don't want to be involved with anybody on the Giants, wide receivers, running backs, QB, or tight end. If you have Evan Ingram, go to the waiver wire for this week and find somebody else because I think he is going to struggle a lot this week. Yeah, for sure. Um, now we'll kind of roll into the Texans at the Steelers. Um, you know, this game's kind of straightforward. I feel like, you know, not too many injuries on these teams. 
Uh, I guess we'll start with the Texans. Um, for me, I don't know if I'm taking a gamble on David Johnson this week, honestly. Um, obviously, the Steelers is the best defense in the league right now, especially against the run. I mean, they completely stuffed Saquon before he got injured. Um, you know, David Johnson has one touchdown so far, a little over 100 yards on the year. Um, he did look good week one. Um, I know we've discussed that before, but I, I don't know. I just feel like he had a quiet week last week, 30 yards and um, no touchdown. And the Steelers are just so good. Um, I honestly think I'll probably bench him this week. I don't know what you guys think about that. I don't know what we're going to get. I mean, the Steelers are probably, well, we're currently fantasy-wise, the top defense in the league. Um, but also just like a top team in the league in general. And the yeah. two games before this, the Texans played the, probably the best two teams in the entire NFL. Uh, maybe including the Seahawks, but they played the the Chiefs week one and the Ravens week two. I mean, the the Texans have not had a great start here, especially after losing DeAndre Hopkins in the offseason, signing Watson, like everything that's happened in the offseason to them, to come out and have probably three of the five hardest teams you probably could have um, in your schedule to start off your first three weeks. I mean, bar maybe the Patriots and the Seahawks. Like, this has not gone well, so I don't know what we're going to get with David Johnson. I think, like you said, it's too risky to start against a good Steelers defense and then a really good Steelers offense too again. Um, the Texans are probably going to be playing from behind. I mean, I, I don't think the Texans are a bad team still. Um, no. But they don't, they have not they have not been graced by the schedule gods to start off the season. No, definitely. I'm going to disagree with you guys a little bit there. In the case of a PPR league, I think I am starting David Johnson because in the past he's been a fine receiving back and if you think the Steelers are going to be up, they're going to be doing lots of dump-offs to David Johnson. And I I think I'm starting him. I don't blame you guys for sending him. If you got other options, definitely go with the other options. But in a PPR league, I would start him standard. I don't think I would start him. No, and I mean, that's that's a good point you make there. Obviously, you know, Sean Watson's had a really, I guess non-characteristic start to the year for him. Obviously, losing DeAndre Hopkins is a big blow. Excuse me. But, um, you know, he's going to, I mean, he's going to get into it. He's going to bounce back at some point. He's going to start turning it on. Um, I think this is a tough week to do that, obviously, because we said it's the dealers. Um, as far as his weapons go, I think, I mean, he seems to really like Jordan Aikens. Um, he's already got almost 100 receiving yards in the year and a touchdown. Um, it seems like he's starting to favor him a little more. Um, as far as his wide receiver core, I mean, obviously, you know, Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb. Um, I don't know if you guys have any opinions on them. Um, one of them might be a better option this week, just because I think David Johnson's going to have a really tough time on the ground, but also Tyler, like you said, with the check down. So I don't know if you have any input on that, Rob. The only thing I'll say, just just because I want to go at Tyler a little bit, uh, David Johnson only has five catches on the year so far in the two the, the two games. So just be careful that he is he at his best though he is a good receiving back as I, as I know from a couple years ago when I had him um, in fantasy he is a good receiving back. So I think I think he'll get going there soon. Um, but he has only five re- uh, receptions on the year. But these yeah these wide receivers I think Brandon Cooks is the most consistently going to put up points. I mean he had. Uh, he only had two catches. He had five targets week one, eight targets week two, five catches for 95 yards last week. I, being a Will Fuller owner, started Will Fuller after his good week one. He had zero catches for zero yards because, again, he hasn't stayed healthy for three games straight, I think, ever in his career. Um, so you just have to be careful of that. He picked up an injury last week. Um, but Brandon Cooks could be good. Uh, Randall Cobb, obviously we've seen stuff in the past, but might be past it at this point in his career. 
uh, hasn't really done a ton this season. I think nine, what, nine targets, seven receptions, 82 yards total for both games. Yeah, so. definitely. And then I guess looking over at the Steelers, um, you know, Juju and Deontay are obviously rolling out. Um, James Conner as well. I think Benny Snell is kind of a non-factor at this point. Um, unless one of you guys disagree with me. Yeah, this is, this is a plus matchup for the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. Take that as a no. No, we do not disagree. No, Tom no. saying plus, a plus <laughs> matchup for the Steelers. Very um, plus matchup. All these guys, they're, Ben Roethlisberger looks like he's back. And he is spreading the ball out, and everyone is going to feast this week, I think. So I, in, in my 10-man league, I actually took Ben Roethlisberger in like the third to last round um, as my only QB. So I, I took a gamble on him being back, and he has been. I mean, four, 540 yards, five TDs, only one interception. Deontay Johnson looks like a stud for him. Juju Smith-Schuster is actually Juju Smith-Schuster um, of old when they were actually firing with uh, Antonio Brown and stuff, and he was the second option, and he was getting a ton of yards. He looks like that now that they have like an actual receiving core again. Um, they built that up, and then Chase Claypool. Obviously, I don't think he's got any value fantasy-wise yet. I think it's too inconsistent. However, obviously, with that being said, just more having more options on offense um, is going to spread the defense out a little bit and help Deontay Johnson and Juju be good. I think both of those guys are definitely starts if you have them. Yeah, I yeah. think those guys those guys are starts without a doubt if you have them because they've been getting their targets, getting their yards, getting their touchdowns different guy both weeks but i want to head back to the texan side a little bit with will fuller and brandon cooks brandon cooks is right now he's the emerging guy i could see you starting him in a in a deeper league but for will fuller i'm not even considering starting him even in a 12-man league the the goose egg zero points last week you just can't start him and bill o'brien is being really shady about what injury he he does and doesn't have because he has and all just, the injuries. Yeah, you just you can't start Will Fuller until he strings together a couple good weeks and looks super healthy because he's he's always been one of those boomer bust guys. A lot of booms when he's healthy, a lot of bust because he's unhealthy. So we really haven't seen him in true form and it's already he's already back to the injured Will Fuller and I'm stashing him certainly on my bench. I'm not going to drop him, but I am not starting him anytime soon. Winston wants to make an on-camera appearance, so he's, All right. he's on my lap now. Um, maybe he'll bring me some good juju this week. No pun intended. Oh, yeah. Um, I had to. Um, yeah, so I guess now I'll kind of go to the Rams at the Bills. Um, now this is a fantasy matchup of the ages. Yeah, I think, you know, the only really questions here are Daryl Henderson versus Malcolm Brown, if either. Um, you know, obviously, you're... You know, Josh Allen's had a huge start to the year so far. Rob's loving it. Yeah, don't hate it. I think um, Zach Moss is out too for the Buffalo Bills running back. Coach Sean McDermott said Moss was ruled out for Sunday's game. That's so huge that's, for Devin Singletary. That's awesome for Singletary. I mean, he was already kind of leaning Singletary anyway. Zach Moss hasn't really put up anything when he yeah, got the touches. So I was actually going to – I think Singletary, this could be a breakout game. Um, for him, for the season, obviously, obviously he's had a breakout game in his career already. But uh, yeah, no, I think this is just overall fantasy. But Ben, you can kind of continue where you thought with the Rams running back core because I'm a little confused on that as well. Yeah, so we've kind of talked about this before. Obviously, you know, I don't know if I don't think Cam Akers is returning this week, but 
you know, I guess going into week two, Malcolm Brown was the big um, waiver wire to add. Um, and then last week it was kind of Daryl Henderson. You know, obviously <clears throat> Sean McVay said he's trying to keep it a running back by committee, and he's definitely done that. Um, I just think, again, you know you know what you get with Malcolm Brown. The, the Rams know what they get with him. Um, I don't think they would have, you know, if they wanted to go with him, I don't think they would have spent the draft capital they did on Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers the past couple of years. Um, you know, obviously Cam Akers wasn't, you know, massive in camp. Um, you know, Daryl Henderson looked good last week. Um, so I, I feel like they're going to take the hot hand approach, which right now is Daryl Henderson. Um, so he's my start, if any. Um, I'm not starting Malcolm Brown. Um, yeah, I don't know if you guys have anything to add to that. I think it's a big, big bunch of confusing because, like, like you said last week, it is the hot hand approach. I mean, they both, have, but even with that, they had a uh, Malcolm Brown had 11 touches, uh, Daryl Henderson had 12. Obviously, Daryl Henderson had the yards to go with it and the touchdown. Um, yeah. So maybe that's something considering that. Uh, what's it called the that Sean McVay just sticks with the hot hand, or does he just keep perfectly splitting them no matter who has puts up the numbers? Because Daryl Henderson is shifty once he gets out of the backfield, and then Malcolm Brown could be um, goal line option as well. But yeah, I, mean, I, I just I'm, it's too confusing for me to take a risk on either of them as of now, unless you're unless you're really struggling. Like if you just had if you're one of those guys that just lost um, Saquon or CMC, then you might need to you might need to start one of them. To me, this is a good testing phase for the Rams running backs. I don't think you want to start either of them against Buffalo, who was the third-ranked rushing defense last year, and they haven't changed much. I am watching this solely to see who gets more touches, if they're up or if they're down, and hopefully they lean towards one player both way. But if McVay is going to run the committee, this is not a game you want to start either of those guys against Buffalo because they are a tough defense. Yeah, for sure. And I guess to kind of keep the pace moving here, we'll go into the Titans at the Vikings. Um, you know, Titans 2-0 and coming to Minnesota um, to, to face the Vikings, who are 0-2. You know, obviously, you're rolling out Derrick Henry, no question. Um, what are we thinking for – say it again? Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook as well, sadly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was kind of going side by side. But yeah, Dalvin Cook, obviously. You know, for me, Adam Thielen. You know, he had a yep. slow week last week, huge week one. Um, Kirk Cousins had those three interceptions last week. There's just no game script for Adam Thielen. Um, I think that falls different this week. I think he's going to have a good bounce back game. Um, but for me, outside of that, you know, I don't know. Obviously, you know, John Smith, you're plugging in. Um, you know, he's having a massive couple weeks so far. Um, any Anything else you guys have to add to that? So Corey Davis looks like a good option. He's got 10 receptions on the air for 137 yards and touchdown. Yeah. Um, Tannehill likes him a lot. Vikings defense isn't the Viking defense of old. They let up 28 points to the Colts and 43 to the Packers. So there's definitely some fantasy points um, for the Titans available for Henry and probably Corey Davis. Uh, most likely, uh, I would say those are the two. And Tannehill's honestly not bad if you're streaming someone, but I don't know if the Vikings is maybe the game to do it, but yeah, Tannehill doesn't look bad me. this year. To me, I am streaming Tannehill. I was between Tannehill and Gardner Minshew, and I made the wrong choice and started Gardner Minshew. But if you didn't do that, and you're not like me, and you can start Tannehill, you can start him over maybe guys that you draft a little higher, like Tom Brady. You can definitely fire up Tannehill. The Vikings guys, I'm not looking anywhere outside 
Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen until further notice because their offense is struggling. Kirk Cousins looks awful. They are just not a team. I have Dalvin Cook on one of my leagues, and I'm not happy I invested in that team. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He still managed to put up a good week last week. It has as bad as they struggled, so he's definitely still obviously a guaranteed starter. But yeah, yeah I, I really hope. I, I obviously as a Delvin Cook owner myself, I do hope that uh, Kirk Cousins gets it going a little bit, just because it does relieve some pressure and then opens up the running game a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. I get now we'll kind of transfer into the Bengals going to the Eagles. Um, you know, two zero and two team. The real. Say it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. You know, I guess I'll start with the Bengals. You know, Joe Mixon obviously have to roll him out there. He just had, you know, a quiet start to the year so far. Kind of frustrating for fantasy owners, um, especially those that took him in the first round. <clears throat> no, no digging. No digging, Ted did. <laughs> Yikes. You know, it's the, touchdown. it's the lack of a touchdown, honestly. Exactly. Like, yeah, he's a t- he, if, he, if he had two touchdowns right now, he'd be a stud. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I don't know about a stud. I mean, you know, his rushing. You know, he is, hasn't seen a ton of yards on the ground. He's, you know, yet to even break on 75 yards. Receiving, same thing. He only had one reception week one and four receptions last week. So, you know, I attribute some of that to the rookie quarterback who p- played phenomenally last week, um, but doesn't seem to be including Joe Mixon too much in that yet. Obviously, that's going to change. I mean, it's, you know, it's only week three. There were, you know, no you know, no preseason games or anything. So kind of weeks one and two took that void um obviously that's going to start to pick up i mean joe mixon's fantastic at football he's a great running back so you know i expect that to pick up in the next couple weeks this could be the game to do that honestly um with the vikings are not quite the same defense they used to be eagles, um, yeah, but, um yeah i'm sorry eagles yeah yeah we we're just I'm talking about uh, the Eagle. I mean, the Eagles just haven't looked good either. So this is a game that the Bengals will be in. I mean, week one they they were they obviously they were in both games that they've played this year, but it's because they've been in it because of Joe Burrow coming back and kind of leading them uh, passing. Uh, I think if they're in it from the start uh, this week, especially against the Eagles, I mean, Eagles could be coming for like revenge and trying to get trying to do well. Um, but Mixon could get. I think this could be his first like big game, um, just because they're going to be in the game a little bit more, be able to run it a little bit. That game script can be a little bit more run heavy than it's been in the past. Yeah, to me, I'm. You have to start Joe Mixon. I'm not too concerned about him yet. I haven't hit the panic button on him. He hasn't looked the greatest, but I think better days are ahead for him. And I'm more interested in the Cincinnati wide receiving core than concerned for Joe Mixon. So Ben, if you want to start with the wide receivers on Cincinnati. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, you know, A.J. Green, you need to roll out this week. Um, You know, he's kind of getting back into his groove. Joe Mixon's getting more comfortable with him, so he's definitely going to be, you know, someone to roll out. What did I say? You said Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon's not a player. Honestly, that could be good fantasy value for Mixon. I don't know why. I'm always always stuck in the last player we just talked about. Um, (laughs) Anyway, Tyler Boyd, for me, is a start as well. Um, you know, he's having a fairly productive year so far. Um, and Joe Burrow seems to be connecting well with him. I mean, he's already got 105 yards in the year and a touchdown. Um, for me, outside of those two, I don't think I'm starting John Ross. Um, you know, I just don't think the volume's there. You know, <clears throat> A.J. Green's going to keep getting better as he gets, you know, more playing time in um, after taking so much time off last year. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything you want to add to that. 
I don't think with AJ Green is I think I think maybe some obviously he went a lot later than he has in the past because he obviously what what happened last year and not knowing if he was going to play or be injured again this year. Um, even though he hasn't put up grid numbers, only 51 yards week one, 29 yards week two, and no touchdowns, he's had 22 targets on the year. So obviously he is the deep threat. So Joe Burrow just throwing the ball long if it lands anywhere near AJ Green, it's target technically. But I mean, you put up, he had three receptions on 13 targets last week. You give him 13 targets again, there's no way AJ Brown only, uh, AJ Brown, I was thinking about the Titans again, AJ Green only puts up three receptions again. There's just no chance if you give him 13 targets, he's not going to catch more of them this week. So um, just watch out for that. If he's keep, if he keeps these targets up, I think his numbers will start to show. So I wouldn't panic on AJ Green yet if you did pick him up as a potential option um, yeah, in a later round, just because he dropped a little bit. Point, Rob. And I, I didn't realize there's even talk- that many. Yeah, the talk in preseason was that Joe Burrow had a good connection with Tyler Boyd, but in these games, he is just force-feeding A.J. Green. So just hang yep. tight. Better days are ahead for A.J. Green. And 13 targets last week with only three catches. I mean, there's no way that's going to happen again with a guy as talented as A.J. Green. Oh, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, for uh, sure. I guess. Game, well, I guess, no, we didn't talk about the Eagles' Miles Sanders, but... Um... I don't know if you want to bring it up there, but Miles Sanders had a fantastic first week of the season. Uh, 20 carries for 95 yards and a touchdown. Can't complain there if you picked up Miles Sanders. Definitely missed him week one. Yeah. Uh, ben, I'd, I'd ask you, just because this has been the going conversation with the Eagles, Carson Wentz not looking great, but they have two good tight ends. Do you, are you nervous about either of those tight ends now, taking away from the very little play that the Eagles have been able to perform anyways? No, I'm not worried about it. I think you know they're going to keep going to... Miles Sanders because he looked great. I mean, obviously, Zach Ertz has been the guy for years, but Dallas Goddard kind of wowed us in week one. Um, really quiet week for both of them last week. Um, and I think we're still waiting for Deshaun Jackson to get going. Um, and I think that's going to happen at some point. You know, I don't think, you know, unfortunately, I don't think Goddard's going to be a big producer moving forward. I think Ertz is the guy if they can, you know, get him happy again. Um, but like you said, with the way Carson Wentz is playing, I think you know it's going to be Miles Sanders all year until it's not. Um, that's just my that's my input on it. I'm a big running back guy, so I'm always going to leave. Yeah, Miles, Miles Sanders is another guy that I wouldn't be too happy if I invested in just purely because the Eagles' offense doesn't look that functional. I think teams are slowly going to start to focus on specifically Miles Sanders because there hasn't been much going around in the Eagles' passing game. Regor hasn't looked good, and Deshaun Jackson hasn't got going yet. And the only guy that I'm starting outside of Miles Sanders for the pass catchers is, is Zach Ertz, just because you draft him. Yeah. And you kind of got to stick with a tight end. You draft exactly. I, I would, I definitely look for backup tight ends on the waiver wire if you have Goddard or Ertz. Miles, I think it's too early to make a decision either good or bad for Miles Sanders, obviously. Because if the Eagles do continue to stink, obviously running backs do take a big hit when their teams are not good. I think that's the that's the, always the risk with the running backs is if their team's not good, then they obviously take the biggest hit out of everyone. Uh, and he didn't. He only had three receptions last week, so he's not exactly like Boston Scott. Boston Scott's probably their their out of the backfield catcher um, as of now. Um, but he did have twenty. He had to have twenty touches. I mean, when they lost thirty-seven to nineteen. So the talents there for Miles Sanders for sure. Yeah, and they and they gave him the touches even though they were losing. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I whenever I see touches and good numbers put up, you you can stay you can stay solid for now with Miles Sanders. But if the Eagles do stay off like oh oh and three oh and four, I don't expect them to lose this game. But you never know. If they do, then yeah. then things could get dangerous in Philly. 
So now we're kind of rolling to the Bears at the Falcons. I think this is going to be the shootout of the week, honestly. Um, I guess this one's pretty straightforward. I mean, I'm rolling out all three Falcons wide receivers. You know, Julio, obviously, if he plays, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, play them all. Hayden Hurst, play them. Um, for the Bears, Allen Robinson, obviously. Um, how, what do you guys, Tyler, what are you feeling about the the Bears running backs? What do you think is going to happen with that situation? Are you starting any of them? I mean, I'm definitely starting David Montgomery. He has shown no signs of not being the primary guy. Last week he had 20.2 in standard, and the Bears – they're not the best looking offense, but they've got it done this year so far. Trubisky's looked fine, and they're playing the Atlanta Falcons. So, Allen Robinson, you're starting. Obviously, you drafted him high, and David Montgomery, you're definitely starting him. I would start David Montgomery over maybe someone like David Johnson, like we talked about earlier. He might be a better option this week solely because of the matchups. Yep. I'm curious to see what this Bears defense does. Uh, I mean, they've they've actually looked solid so far, but they played the Giants and the Lions, so it's not exactly the two hardest teams of all time. I mean, obviously, like we said, you're starting, you're at least starting Julio and Calvin Ridley, and most likely you picked up Russell Gage off waivers this week, um, and he does look to be a good start, especially as a third option. I don't think the Bears can hold up there. Um, and then, I guess the Falcons' running game hasn't been great, so this passing is is what it is. But I just don't. I want to see what we. The Bears defense obviously is known for being a good defense. And they've they've shown it so far, but they have played two of the worst teams in the league. So yeah. I mean, I'm inter- I'm just inter- I'm just really interested to see. Again, I'm not concerned over starting any of the Falcons players. This offense has looked incredible so far, and doesn't look like it's going to slow down. But I am more interested to see what this means for the Bears' defense, and then because this will tell us a lot more coming up against other teams on if it's yeah. actually a good defense or they just had a good schedule so far. And what about Todd Gurley too? We haven't talked about him. Do you guys have any? I don't have a strong feeling one way or the other about him. Do you guys want to take over? Mm. Ben, ben might be a Todd Gurley guy. Well, he might <laughs> yeah, be. I, I think he's still, say, he still hate Todd Gurley. I'm still sour on Todd Gurley. I don't think I ever will be. Um, I, I mean, mean just because start... of, of the matchup, I'd say you could probably roll him out. Um, just because so... I, I think it's going to be such a high-scoring game, you know, with the weapons that the Falcons have on their wide receiving core, I think game script will just help you rally out later in the game. I expect them to be up the whole game. So question um, for you guys then. We focused on these guys a little bit. Uh, who would you start? Adam, you can pick one out of three. David Johnson, Tyler Montgomery, or Todd Gurley? Montgomery, uh, David Montgomery for me. I would go David. David Montgomery as well. I just think, you know, the Saints, or excuse me, the Falcons um, defense is what it is, and it's going to be a high-scoring game, I think. You know, Matt Ryan's going to be throwing the ball a lot, trying to keep up or stay ahead. Um, I'm definitely taking Dave Montgomery in that situation. I think, I think I would lean towards Todd Gurley, but not by much. And I'm just hoping that he can get in the end zone a few times with this Falcons offense. That's his front that's line just scares me. It's, it's such a good yeah, front line. Yeah, it does. But I think I know, Todd, Todd Gurley is, is he's talented for sure. Yeah. I think, if but, anything, he'll rack up a lot of production in garbage time. Um, you know, I think, again, it's going to be Calvin Ridley's going to have a couple touchdowns. Julio, maybe, if he gets good coverage out of it. Russell Gage could toss it on there. Hayden Hurst. I mean, there's just so many options for Matt Ryan. You can just yeah, sling the ball for days on end. So, I mean, I don't see how the Falcons lose this game. You know, for me personally, I hope Allen Robinson has a good game because he has not done anything for me so far. Um, but I keep trusting him and putting him in my starting lineup. So, 
I guess we'll go into the Panthers. thousand yards. So <laughs> you might you might get it out of Al Robinson even with Trubisky at quarterback. They're gonna they you you can throw on the Falcons all day if you want. So now we'll go into the Panthers at the Chargers. Um, you know, Panthers zero and two just lost Christian McCaffrey. Rob, I'm going straight to you here. What am I doing with Mike Davis? He's the only one. He, it's it's one of those situations, like I said, even though it's going to be a bad team. I mean, the Chargers aren't amazing, so this game could be close. Um, it's one of those situations he's going to be the only guy to do anything. So I, I think if you pick them up off of waivers, and especially if you have CMC, I don't think it's I don't think it's actually bad to throw him in. He's not going to give you CMC numbers because he's not going to be as dynamic in the backfield catching and, and running. Um, but I think I think you got to start him, especially if you're one that had, like, again, going back to the people that maybe maybe you didn't even have CMC, maybe you lost Barkley, and you actually just went to get Mike Davis for this. I think he could be a start for there. Against a Chargers defense, that's not insane. Um, How about this? I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, that was about that was about it. I think I th- I think you can start him safely just because he's gonna be the only one, and I think it's gonna be a close game. So running running could be in the option, like could be the option. I was gonna say Tyler, who are you gonna start, Mike Davis or Derek McKinnon? What's your kind of thought on that? Two guys filling in for injuries. I think I am starting Mike Davis this week just because I like the matchup better. The Chargers are still a good defense, but I'm very weary of that San Francisco. New York Giants game because I think it's just going to be low scoring and it's just going to blow up in my face probably because it's going to be the highest scoring game of the week now that I said that. But Mike yeah. Davis, he's he's going to get the pass catching opportunities. I I really don't think Carolina can really stay in any game with any team. Their game plan this year is obviously to get Christian McCaffrey the ball and now they're going to keep doing that with this <laughs> other guy. That's That's been their game. There's been nothing to show except for Robbie Anderson that they can do anything different. So I think I'm firing up Mike Davis. And then Rob, so Mike I'm Davis did have eight receptions for 74 yards last week. So yep. he he has a pass catching option as well, similar to like because that was going to be my thing. Jeremy McKinnon's going to be a lot of pass catching options, but if he has that, so PPR could be good for Mike Davis. Yeah, and Rob, I'm going to go to you here. Um, talk about your boy Austin Eckler and Josh Kelly. I have them both as starts this week. Obviously, the Panthers' run defense has been. Shambly this year at best. Um, so, like I said, I'm run, I'm rolling both of them out. I think you know, obviously Austin Eckler is the the PPR guy, but I think Joshua Kelly is just going to pound it on the ground this week. But I'll let you add what you want to that. I think Justin Jackson being out has helped both of them, honestly, yeah. because jo- both are getting up. I mean, let me let me see here. Last week, Josh Kelly had 23 attempts, uh, 23 touches, and, and Austin Eckler still at 16 for 93 yards. Um, running and obviously Eckler's going to have four receptions, 55 yards. Didn't actually manage a touchdown and still put up a great fantasy game. Um, actually hasn't managed a touchdown all year for Eckler, so he's one touchdown away. For, again, I said this before, but I think he like would be a top. I mean, he's already a top running back, but like actually fantasy scoring wise, a top running back if he had just put up a touchdown so far. Um, but yeah, I, I would start both. I think they both have. It's like you said, it's a good matchup. Looks like Josh Kelly is going to be the go-to guy, especially on the goal line. Um, that seems to be the favorite there. Um, if they're rushing. Justin Herbert is in again uh, for this week, given the fact that Tyra Taylor got his lungs punctured by his own doctor. Uh, so I think, honestly, that helps Eckler because for some reason with Tyra Taylor, they didn't want to do the QB dump-offs. But for Justin Herbert, they're fine doing the QB dump-offs. I really don't get what Anthony Lynn's thinking. I, I don't yeah. know how he's a coach, just for what he said. He called <laughs> he, he called his number first-round draft pick sixth overall crap, basically. Um, he said he's he's a backup for a reason. You don't say that to it. You don't. You can't give confidence to a 
Tyrod Taylor just to like hurt Justin Herbert's future with your team. I don't, I don't get anything Anthony Lynn's doing, but I mean, I'd, I'd start both. I, that's really what it comes down to. I'd start both because Carolina's doo doo. Yeah, I absolutely yeah. agree with you. That's an A plus matchup for both running backs. For me, Joshua, Ke- you're starting Austin Eckler every week, but for Joshua Kelly, I was, I would start him in every good matchup, and even in some bad matchups like Casey. I thought he was gonna not even be involved in the game plan and here he is with over 20 carries so he's a very interesting guy to watch i'm very interested in that backfield and both of them look very solid this year yeah definitely um i guess we'll go into the jets at the colts now um i briefly touched upon the jets a couple minutes ago but jets zero and two going to the colts one and one um i feel like this game is kind of easy too just because you don't want to start anyone on the jets um and then obviously you're going to roll out Jonathan Taylor, absolutely without even, without even thinking about it. Um, Tyler, are you starting running back? Are you starting any of the Colts wide receivers? Maybe, yeah, yeah. You know what? I would start Ty, and then if you're looking for a streaming option, I would start Moali Cox. He looked he had over 100 yards last week, so he's a very good streaming option against the Jets for Ty Hilton. I'm only starting him because of the matchup, because of the yeah. Jets. If it was another then, team, we might be having a different conversation. And then obviously, Rob, um, kind of an easy question, but I assume you're not rolling out any of the Jets guys this week. Probably not. Yeah, the Colts defense <laughs> looked actually pretty solid, too, because I was going to say, I don't, I don't know if he's healthy. I can't see it here. It's not showing up. Uh, he's active, so Jameson Crowder had a really good week one, obviously injured week two. Uh, so he's one that maybe if you're if you're really hurting, but the Colts defense has kind of looked pretty good, all things considering. Braxton Barrios had a good game, but that's literally due to the fact that Jameson Crowder was out. Uh, Chris Hogan isn't the Chris Hogan that well he is the Chris Hogan that was in the Patriots, just more of a third option guy, maybe fourth option because Brashad Perryman as well. Uh, yeah, I don't feel comfortable starting anyone. With. I think I'd just echo what Tyler said. I don't even think I'd trust T.Y. Hilton. I mean, I guess the Jets, so this could be his breakout game of the year. But yeah. Mo, if if I was to start any pass catcher on either team it'd be Mo Cox. I would stream him especially if you're uh maybe Kittle maybe if you have Kittle and you had an injury so you need to stream a tight end I think Mo Cox is the guy yeah and that's the and only we'll, pass catcher <laughs> and then we'll kind of swing right into the Buccaneers at the Broncos um Chris Godwin back this week cleared a concussion protocol obviously you're rolling him out um Rob I'm going right back to you how are we feeling on Leonard Fournette versus Rojo I would feel 100% confident Fournette because of the way he played last week if it wasn't for the fact that Bruce Arians seems to be obsessed with Rojo. For some uh, reason, I don't understand he, it at all. But Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe he plays Madden because I think Rojo's like a really good option. Because <laughs> I, I think Rojo, like us, if you're doing a career mode in Madden, he's a very good option. I don't know if you want that tip, if you're coming here for Madden tips. But uh, Fournette just seemed so good, like both sides passing uh, and running. And then obviously broke out the, the long run Rojo in his career has put together games, but not really consistent consistently. So I don't see it. I get, he's the younger guy. I get Fournette came in in the off season late, um, dumped by his team. So like, he seemed like he wasn't wanted, but he showed that he's good. So I guess I think they're going to ride the hot hand. I think it's going to be Fournette this week. Yeah. And... For, for me too. I'm, you could definitely start both of them at a flex this week, a little more confident in Fournette, but this is a backfield that I'm keeping an eye on just because you want to see which guy Brady trusts more in the pass catching. We're waiting for that, and basically if Brady comes out and says he loves Fournette, you're going all in on Fournette 
and vice versa. Brady says he trusts Ronald Jones more. That's who you're going to. And then yeah. I guess circling over to the Broncos, you know, Corlin Sutton's out. Tyler, you love to talk about that. Um, <sighs> who are you? Jared Judy looks like he is playing, so that's that's a good sign. Yeah, Obviously, I was going to say they, they did sign the boat. I doubt I doubt the boat plays this week, so um, it's going to oh, be Jeff Driscoll. He'll find his way in there. He's a star. Yeah, true. Um, I have Noah Fant. I love him. I'm actually starting Noah Fant. Well, I was starting Noah Fant over Kittle, even with Kittle being back, and now Kittle's out. So for me, Noah Fant is is good. Yeah, I think that's the easy one to start if you have him now at this point. If you either either drafted him, if you're one of the guys that waits, waits, waits on a tight end, you got him probably with one of your last like two, three picks. Um, if not, you picked him up off of waivers after week one because he's looked fantastic. And and I think even with a bad QB draft, Driscoll or a good QB in Blake Bortles, I'm gonna say good because you know Tyler and I love him. <laughs> uh, no, if it looks like that option, but yeah, no. Judy, Judy is back, so we'll see what that happens. I think I think he could be good with the Cortland Sutton out. No concerns for me. Whoever plays at QB for Noah Fant, Jeff Driscoll gave him targets. Drew Locke gave him targets. You can start him up regardless of who starts. Blake Bortles will probably come in and throw for 300 yards just to Noah Fant and three touchdowns. So, no fan. No bias is, here with Blake Bortles. Yeah, Noah Fant's becoming an every week starter regardless of the QB. Yeah, and then Tyler, how are you feeling about Melvin Gordon? Are you rolling him out this week? Yeah, absolutely. With the Philip Lindsay injury. Right now, Melvin Gordon could take over the backfield, and he's just—he's been an all-around guy. Obviously, he got very lucky with Philip Lindsay going down, and Melvin Gordon is basically the outright starter right now for me. Yeah, I mean, he's doing everything for them. Uh, and he had 19 attempts last week and 15 in week one touchdown, a couple of receptions here and there, only five on the season, but has a touchdown receiving as well. Uh, so he's got a touchdown in both games. I don't think you consider him yet, especially because he has no—I mean, Royce Freeman isn't really going to be. Stepping in and taking a bunch of his touches. So yeah, I think, I think for me, he's, I think that's a start. Yeah, I think he's right above that tier right now for me that we talked about earlier with like David Johnson, Todd Gurley, David Montgomery. I think he's right above all those guys. Just yeah. for now, though, when Philip Lindsay comes back, could be a different story. Yeah, I would have to agree on that one. I know all we right, brushed sorry. by. Sorry, sorry. We know. I know we brushed sorry, by Chris Godwin, and you said obvious start for Chris Godwin, but like. Broncos are a bad team, so I guess you could start anyone. But what do we make of the fact that they have so many receivers? Do you just do you start all of them? Do you start Mike Evans, Chris Godwin? I mean, I say all of them. Scotty Miller's not really a start, but Scotty Miller's actually looked really decent. Uh, he had a pretty bad last week, but week one looked really good. Um, someone that he kind of fits the mold of a, a Patriots wide receiver, funny enough. So I wonder if Tom Brady looks for him in the future. Um, but do you just start Mike Evans and Chris Godwin till till elsewise? Yeah, I think... You know, you're rolling out Mike Evans and Chris Godwin every week. I think Chris Godwin pulls ahead a little bit. Um, honestly, in my opinion, with the Tom Brady connection, you know, Scotty Miller, obviously great wide receiver, but I think he gets bumped down a little bit with Godwin returning. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, that's yeah. what I think, too. I, I, Yeah, I mean, Godwin's been out, so yeah, it's been hard to see. But he actually, Scott, it's funny, Scotty Miller had a better week when he played with Godwin than without. But I guess that's just all coverages and matchups and stuff like that. Broncos, I think you can start all of them. I don't think they're a great team. Uh, this year, so yeah. I, I wouldn't. I wasn't really saying don't start Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, but I just wondered if that was more of a we don't even think about it until we have to think about it sort of situation. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think I'm going anywhere past Godwin and Mike Evans until they can string some games together. Even in OJ Howard, he hasn't done much. He got a garbage time touchdown week one. Scotty Miller, he should have had a touchdown last week that he dropped. So maybe if he catches that, we're having a different talk. But Brady does like to target him and. The connection between Brady and Evans last week was fine, so I have no worries there. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess we'll roll into the Lions at the Cardinals now. Um, you know, Lions 0-2, Cardinals 2-0. and I guess I'll go first here. Kenyon Drake um, is a start. I think this might be might finally be the, the week for him to take off. I mean, the, the Lions just got absolutely housed by Aaron Jones last week. Um, <clears throat> you know, obviously, Kenyon Drake's able to do the same thing. So I think this might be the week that fantasy managers are hoping for. I know he tweeted out the other day that to drop him if we weren't happy with his production and bless someone else on our team. Um, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm going to hold out and take his big production this week, especially so I can beat Rob. Um, hmm. Obviously, you're starting DeAndre Hopkins, um, Kyler Murray, obvious one. Let's look at the Lions, though. Um, Rob, what do you make of their backfield, and are you going to start any of those guys this week? The Lions' backfield is one of the most confusing. As someone who who's like pretty big on DeAndre Swift coming into the year, it doesn't look like he's going to pull away and, and take that spot right as of now. I mean, AP's come in and done numbers, which is which is funny at this age. The fact that we didn't I don't even, I didn't even think about him when I was drafting the start of the year because I didn't think at this age he was going to be able to put up those numbers. Carry on is still getting a ton of touches. I mean, and none of them are really doing like really well. Obviously, um, Adrian AP had had week one, um, fourteen attempts for 93 yards but last week kind of dropped back off again uh no receptions only seven attempts carry on picked up a little bit last week with eight attempts and then deandre swift had five attempts and then deandre swift seems to be the guy uh, as the pass catcher even though he dropped week one obviously to lose him the game uh so it's it's, i think it's too muddled i think i think that they're too split apart and not good enough a team um to have like a it's not like a ram situation where you potentially could start both because the rams are a good team it's a bad team with three running backs that all split carries like six. Yeah. I think it was like last week was like five, seven and eight. So uh, it's just not enough there to start any of them in my opinion, even and Cardinals are a good team as well. So yeah, yeah. very well said there. And I think as far as owning the guys in an eight man league, like we have, I think you're only owning Deandre Swift. In yeah. That's just potential league, keeper value. Yeah, exactly. And a 12 man league you can definitely hold on to AP and spot start them when you're desperate. Like carry on Johnson, I mean, he got the touchdown last week and he had a decent amount of carries, but I just have no confidence in anybody in that backfield right, right now. Two yards total and eight rushes. Not exactly. Like, without a touchdown, he has yeah, no. what, three, and a half point, uh, three and a half points, roughly. No receptions. Yeah, not good. They're, they're all sits for me until further notice. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, now we'll look at the Cowboys at the Seahawks. Um, one-on-one Cowboys going to Seattle, 2-0. and Fantasy dream right here, um, I think, as well. This is right. another watch-out game for f- fantasy players. I think anyone could pop off this game. I was going to say, I think this is going to be a big wide receiver game. Um, obviously, the um, the Seahawks defense got shredded by Matt Ryan and the Falcons for like 450-something yards. Um, so I think, you know, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett will be, you know, will be fruitful in that. Um, Not complaining. You're not complaining at all. No. Um, and then obviously, I think you know Amari Cooper um, is going to have a is going to is a good start here. Michael Gallup maybe as well. But I think really, are you, Tyler, would you start Ceedee Lamb over Michael Gallup in this game? That one's close for me. That one's super close. <coughs> I I think I would lean towards Gallup just because no. he's. He's got to be the more trusted guy for Dak Prescott. I mean, I'm just going with my gut here, too, because I really think it could be either, but I'm, I would start Gallup over. over and actually, I need, to, 
I need to take my statement back. I misspoke. Um, the Cowboys receivers are going against the Seattle defense. I got shredded by the Falcons. So that's why I meant to say Amari Cooper is going to have probably a good game. And then CeeDee Lamb or Michael Gallup as well. One of them's definitely going to have a monster week. Um, Rob, I'll still, make so far? I, I'll still make you feel good and say that, you know, DK Metcalf and Lockett are obviously great starts this week this well. You know, the Cowboys pass defense. Um, you know, nothing fantastic, but I just wanted to correct my miss, miss before. <laughs> I think you were right. You, you nailed it on the head at the start, though. You said all wide receivers this, this week are going to be good. Both teams. Yeah, yeah, of course, I, th- yeah. I, th- I think that's going to be the situation. For me, I just want to go back to the CD Lamb versus Michael Gap because Amari Cooper is the clear, like, number one guy um, and has that long range touchdown ability. Um, actually, hasn't pulled down touch on yet but he was close on that one that one really long play uh for me it's just i come down to the targets and who Dak seems to be trusting more gallup obviously had the big catch late game that crazy catch uh last week but cd lamb's got nine targets last week and six targets the week before while gallup's only had five targets both weeks um two catches last week three catches the week before for me it just seems like cd lamb is is the guy uh if prescott's just gonna throw the ball somewhere he's going to and and in ppr he's had five receptions and six receptions so that's an extra what, 11 verse four so that's an extra seven points um just right there on the season uh for cd lamb but michael gallup always has that pop-off ability um he can go for a long play and we saw last week he's that was an insane catch to keep his feet in and everything like that 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 really helped them come back there so maybe that puts a little bit more trust in gallup but for me, it's CD Lamb. I, I'm also very high on yeah. the rookies this year, as I've said every single podcast so far. I love the w- rookie wide receivers this year. Same. One, so, one guy I'd like to touch up on too is Dalton Schultz, the tight end for the Cowboys. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Last week, he had the team high 10 targets, and he managed nine catches for 88 yards and a touchdown. He gets the Seahawks, which aren't a good passing defense, but he'll probably be shadowed by Jamal Adams. Right now, I have I just picked up Dalton Schultz in a 12-man league, and I'm starting him over guys like Evan Ingram, who is absolutely struggling right now. But mm-hmm. right now, Dalton Schultz, I think, is a very good streaming tight end option, if that's if that's what you need. Yeah, I definitely agree there. Um, yeah, for sure. And then, obviously, you know, we don't need to talk about the Dallas backfield, but Tyler, are you rolling out um, Chris Carson this week? Yeah, I'm absolutely rolling out Chris Carson. I got him in our eight-man league. They said they're going the hot hand, and Chris Carson has done nothing than be the hot hand. He's yeah, there's nothing fantastic. I have no concerns over him. It's going to be a high-scoring game. I don't care if they're just going to be passing the ball. Chris Carson has been semi-involved in the past game, and he's there's no signs of slowing down for him. He's looked great this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, so two more games here. We got Sunday night football, Packers at Saints. Um, you know, I guess the Saints are pretty straightforward, except, or uh, Robbie, you're going to, uh, what are you thinking about Emmanuel Sanders? Is he a start? I hate, I honestly, not even, he's going to, he's going to get targets, but just, he actually only had three targets last week. Wow. It felt like they threw it towards Emmanuel Sanders more. He looked really bad though. Last week. Oh, he looked awful. Yeah, Glad so like not even the fact that he was I didn't I, it's, it from watching it it looked like he was targeted more and just was really bad. He only had three targets, so definitely not. I'm staying away from him. Traquan Smith it seems to be Drew Brees' guy if if any um until Michael Thomas is healthy, but and even then I don't I don't like either of the receivers. The only reason Drew Brees put up numbers is because he dumps it to Kamara and Kamara had 95 yards receiving last week. Um and oh, probably wow. Drew Brees had to throw a total of a yard and a half <laughs> to get those 95 yards. So yeah, for the for the Packers, obviously Aaron Jones, um, 
what are you doing for wide receivers in this realm? Well, Devontae Adams right now, too, he is, I believe they said, the coach said that he's probably doubtful, so. <laughs> probably doubtful. that is what you want. Bill Belichick, you there? I don't, I don't know if probably means more on the side of out or that he might play, who, who knows. But if I think if Devontae Adams is, is out, you can definitely stream Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Scanling. In our eight-man league, Maybe you start one of them in a flex spot, but I think as you get deeper to a 10 or 12-man league, you can definitely flex them out, even in standard leagues. Would you, so if you, uh, just quick gut check, who would you start of the two? If you had both for some reason, you picked oh, up both. Just, I have my, I I have my going, answer just on PPR. I'm going Lazard. I think Aaron Rodgers wants to get him more involved in the passing game, but that that's way too close to call. I would start Lazard, but... It's a 1A, 1B thing for me right now. I think you know what you're going to get with Scantling. Lazard has that pop-off ability if Devontae Adams is out. Like, the, Lazard, I could... Like, Suvaldo Scantling is going to get, like, three, four, five catches maybe for maybe, like, 60 yards, which is good. Which is a good game. But, like, that's what you're going to get no matter what. I think Lazard could randomly get, like, seven catches, like, 100 yards and a touchdown. Like, I think he has that ability if Devontae Adams yeah. is out. But yeah, if you're, if you're, if you're scared, and I think MVS is, is the scared, like... Just get me 10 points just because I've had a ton of injuries. Just get me 10 points, and I think he'll do that for you. Yeah. Now we'll kind of roll into Monday Night Football. Chiefs at the Ravens, kind of the most fun game this week, in my opinion. 2-0 and versus 2-0. and Mahomes at Lamar. Um, you know, I think that for the Chiefs, it's tr- uh, pretty straightforward. You're starting Clyde, Travis Kelsey, Mahomes, um, Tyreek Hill. You know, outside of that, you know, McCole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson. You know, I'm not starting them this week. I just don't think there's room or um, volume for them. Um, you know, same with Sammy Watkins. And then looking at the Ravens, um, Rob, what are you yeah. feeling like um, Mark Ingram versus J.K. Dobbins? I still don't know. I, I still don't think we have enough. I mean, the leading rusher on that team is Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. If that that kind of that kind of says it all so far. Um, I I obviously like J.K. Dobbins a lot, and I think I think obviously Mark Ingram's not getting younger. I mean, J.K. Dobbs will be that lead guy. At least they've kind of thrown out Justice Hill and Gus Edwards a bit. Like, they ha- like we haven't really seen them, so um, no real worries about them stepping in. Because, like, if it becomes a three-headed monster, I think you have to stay away from all. But um, as of now, J.K. Dobbs has not done anything, and Mark Ingram seems to be that guy. So if you have Mark Ingram, I think you're probably starting him. Um, he even had two receptions last week, which is what I thought J.K. would have stepped in to do. So, and Mark Ingram had that long touchdown last week. So, I think he's still the star. I think you stay away from J.K. for another week. I think you just let it play out, see what the Ravens do. Especially now, we got a good. They're going against a good team as well. Um, but I, th- I think I don't know. I, I it's too close to tell. I mean, the leading rusher being Lamar Jackson kind of says it all, in my opinion. Yeah. On on, yeah. on what's going I on will, that backfield. I will chime Tyler, in. And I I one I one hundred percent agree with the Mark Ingram over the other guys. Gus Edwards. You, he had the most carries last week, but you can't you can't start him. J.K. Dobbins hasn't done enough to show give you a reason to start him. Mark Ingram, I think I'm starting in a flex spot, and J.K. Dobbins, I'm starting if I'm desperate. If you're one of the guys that had one of the big guys go down, like McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley, and you didn't manage to get a good pickup on the waiver wire, that's the only scenario that I'm starting J.K. Dobbins. Mark Ingram, I'm feeling. A little more confident about him. If you start J.K. Dobbins and he happens to have a good week, you got lucky. You didn't just make a smart play there. In my yeah, opinion. exactly. 
you can't say I told you so after you started him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think I think he nailed it on the head, Ben, with the the Chiefs. I mean, they're good offense. They're going to be – you can start all those guys every week, and you're going to be fine. Yeah. And then I think I think this could be a big week for a Hollywood Brown as well. Um, I'm not I'm not starting my our league, but that's just because of who I have ahead of them. Um, but the Chiefs' defense hasn't looked amazing in the two weeks. Um, they let the Chargers stay in the game last week. Uh, so I would I would I wouldn't be afraid to start um, Hollywood if you have them because uh, there's really no one else. Willie Sneed's had a decent year, but um, isn't really yeah. I mean six catches all year is not great, but Hollywood Brown could be a start just because I, I think the Chiefs' defense hasn't looked amazing so far. Yeah, for sure. And what about uh, Mark Andrews too? How do we feel about him? That's what I was going to ask you before. I was going to ask you what you're doing, Tyler. I was going to ask you what you're doing about Mark Andrews versus Hollywood. Obviously, Rob kind of talked about him. Um, you know, Mark Andrews had a big week one. It was very quiet last week, which is kind of the life of a tight end, I guess, outside of Travis Kelsey and George Kittle when he's not injured. Um, I mean, I still think you have to start um, Mark Andrews. I mean, he's uh, one of Lamar Jackson's favorite targets. Um, he's just one of those guys you have to start every week, in my opinion. Especially yeah. based on where you the draft capital you used to get him. So, yeah, I would like to say that absolutely you're starting him. I think the only reason he had a bad week last week is was game flow. They didn't really need him against the Chiefs. All, all the running backs did well last week. That tells you kind of everything. They ran the ball yep. a lot. Yep, absolutely. So I don't think even for season long, there's no real concern with Mark Andrews. They destroyed Cleveland 38 to six week one, and he had 18 points. So I just think. This one specific game, the ball just didn't go his way, and they didn't involved. Yeah, for sure. All right, so that kind of wraps up our preview and starts is for week three. Um, we want to thank you guys so much for, for tuning in and being here with us. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. Rob will have the links below. Um, we're super excited to get this week of games going, and again, we thank you all for being here, and we'll see you all real soon. See ya. Later, fellas.